I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're like me, you've gone looking for some new ideas on shooting drills to use with your team here at the start of the season. I've created a whole library at drdishbasketball.com of small group as well as team shooting drills. Included in those shooting drills are diagrams, explanations, and also videos of the drills. To find out more, simply visit drdishbasketball.com and click on blog from the drop-down menu. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. A different kind of episode today, what you're about to hear is a clinic session by my friend Graham Maxwell. Graham is an assistant coach at D2 Emmanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia. Graham has presented before at our Bruins Basketball Coaching Clinic, and this particular session was from this last spring's clinic. I thought it was timely here at the start of the season. As you think about how you'll use your staff this year, I think we all want to maximize the talents and the manpower on our staff Graham gives you some great ideas for both using your staff and then also growing your staff members. Hopefully you can get some practical ideas as you think about the topic of maximizing your staff. I really just want to focus in, and I'm going to fly through this, right? So I'm going to throw a lot of things your way. Um, And I can send this out to anybody that needs it sent out. Um, I've been at Emmanuel College now for 13 years. I played there for four. Um, This upcoming season, I'll be there. I'll be uh, coaching there for a decade. So I've been there for a while. Um, Take a lot of pride in what we do at Emmanuel, and I love the guy that I work for. Uh, Probably one of the best coaches I've ever been around, if you guys know who TJ Rosine is. Uh, But more importantly than that, he's one of the best men I've ever been around as well. Um, So it's just an honor I get to to work for him every single day. Uh, A lot of things I'm about to go over um, are things that I probably haven't done a great job of, so I've learned a lot of lessons um, through these. And so these these are things that I've been coached up on. These are things I know from a lot of other assistants and head coaches like, hey, this is what we value in a staff. And so this is just a, I guess you could say, kind of a a potluck of a lot of different things. And so we're just going to go rapid fire um, and uh, go through this together. All right, the first thing I know we talked about, um, we're going to get together at the end of the session, but I'm going to start us off uh, getting together at the very beginning of a session, and I'll circle back to it here in a moment as to why uh, I'm going to have all of you do this. So uh, some of you have probably done this before. We do this with our guys at Emmanuel, but we call this the 3H exercise. Uh, The 3H stands for hero, hardship, and highlight. So what you're going to do, I'm going to give you two minutes to do this. Uh, You're just going to turn to the person next to you, and you're going to tell that person uh, who's a hero in your life, what's a hardship in your life, um, and what's a highlight um, that you've had in your life. You're going to take 60 seconds. I'll give you a 60-second timer, and then uh, your partner is going to share at that 60 seconds. So I'll give you about two minutes to do this, all right? Here we go. Jump into it. Here's what I'll say. We're talking about maximizing the use of your staff, right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We take getting to know each other for granted. The The best staffs I've ever seen in my life. We've had a lot of people come in and out of our program. I've been to a lot of practices, been to a ton of coaching clinics. Uh, A common thread that I see is a lot of coaches just don't enjoy working with each other. Problem is they don't don't even know who each other, they they don't know each other. But you can't maximize your staff, and I think it begins right here. You can't maximize your staff and the use of your staff without first 
fully and truly understanding who your staff is. So people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Same thing for our players, right? We want our players, you hear, you know, they talk about it in the national championship game, right? Like Baylor, like those guys are going to run through a wall for their coach, right? Their coach cares about them, right? Players play hard for coaches that care about them. So that's where we start. Same thing for staffs. Uh, people are going to work hard for those that they really believe um, care about. I mean, this is, again, just a little one percent or nugget for you. I would do this with my teams, right? We do this with our team every single year, right? We just have them get to talk, get to know each other a little bit. Took two minutes, right? Little icebreaker for anything that you can do. So um, just a little uh, golden nugget for you there. Uh, it, I'm going to start off, so I'm going to get five keys being an assistant. Again, rapid fire. I'm throwing a lot at you here, uh, but I'm going to start off with uh, focus on being an assistant. And you can't go anywhere else, I really believe. Like, we can't talk about, all right, what do good assistants do without this? If your assistants are not all in. First, let me, let me see a show of hands. How many assistants are in here? All right, a couple of us. I'm, I'm assuming everybody else is a head coach. Nice. So head coaches, this is beneficial for you as well, too. All right, but for the, who knows, 10 assistants that were in here, this is extremely important for us. And head coaches, this is extremely important for you to get your assistants to understand. They have to be all in. Right, we have to be all in. That's the, that's, the, that's the foundation in which we have to be as assistant coaches. Now, all in for everybody looks completely different. Like my all in is going to look completely different from your assistant coach. Or if you're an assistant in here, it's going to look completely different um, for you. This is why I put this specific picture up here. I have this picture in my office. This is my all in. Right? All in to me means sacrifice. Right? We have to sacrifice something to be really, really good. And I'll explain this picture here. So this is me right here. It's our head coach. Right? This, is, this is a moment we're winning a conference championship game. First year of Division II, we win a conference championship. We're about to go down there and cut down the nets. So in order for us to get to this moment where just there's so much joy, there's a lot of sacrifice behind the scenes that had to get to this picture. Right? This is my wife right here. Stand up, the, the, the woman going crazy. And she was pregnant with our first child, right? Don't, she doesn't just stay pregnant. Right? This is, with, our, with our first child, uh, she, was, she was pregnant here, and everyone kept talking like, you need to calm down. You're about to have the baby in the stands, which she, she's a screamer, so she gets after it. But she's got a sacrifice, right? My wife is all in. So I know, I know what all in looks like for this picture. I keep it in my office as a reminder. Second thing people don't really realize is this guy right here, number 15, this, this is a senior, Right? He's probably the best teammate, one of the, the best guys we've ever had in our entire program. Probably averaged over his career about 30 seconds a game. Right? But I can see right here on his face, valedictorian of the class. Right? He's, he's now a GA at the University of Buffalo men's basketball program. Right? But this guy right here, he was all in. I would say he's one of the best assistant coaches we had even though he was a player. Right? And I can go down the line and so many things, but this to me is a perfect picture of what all in looks like. My challenge for everybody here, when you go back home, now it doesn't have to be a picture, but you need to get something, you need to get a visual that says, this is my all-in. When I sacrifice something, this is what I'm sacrificing for. So this is a reminder for me, every single day, this is what I'm sacrificing for. All right, we're rolling into it. Five keys to be a great assistant. Uh, I'm going to tell you where we're going, then I'm going to take you there. So if you want to write these down, feel free. You don't have to take notes, but you're more than welcome to take a picture, whatever you want to do. This is what I believe, and this isn't perfect, this is just my belief, what these five keys great assistants have. Uh, so first, great assistants, they're culture keepers. The second, I say they're gap fillers. The third, they're player developers. Four, they're energy givers. And the fifth, 
They're problem solvers. I'll leave it up there for about 15 more seconds for anybody else wanting to write it down. I'll say it one more time. They're culture keepers, they're gap fillers, player developers, energy givers, and problem solvers. All right. We'll start off with the first one, culture keepers. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this is what I believe the definition of a culture keeper really is. Right? I was listening to a podcast the other day. Ben McCollum um, just won a national championship with Northwest Missouri State, uh, head coach there. And they asked him, you know, what, what, is it, what, are you, what is the assistant you're looking for? What's the main thing you're looking for in an assistant? And he said this word right there, loyal, loyalty. You know, I haven't been a head coach. I've been a head coach of some JV programs, right? but I've never been a coach yet, head coach yet at the college level. And I know I'm going to be looking for that, loyalty. He said, you can't replace something. When you go lay your head down at night, knowing your assistants have your back. So head coaches, find loyal assistants. Assistants, be loyal to your head coach. I don't think there's, there's a greater a value add that we can give as assistants to our head coach that they know, hey, I know that guy, Graham, he's got my back. He might not agree with everything I say, but he's got my back, right? That, that is crucial to being a culture keeper. Uh, the second thing is be where your feet are. This might be the most challenging thing, you know, especially in today's culture. Right? We're all looking at the next, the, the shiniest thing, the brightest thing, like, oh, man, I want to do this. I want to go there. And, you know, I'm not even going to touch on, like, the whole transfer portal thing. There's, like, 2,300 people in there, right? Like, there's something, too, like being where your feet are, right? Make where you are the big time. Make where you are the big time. And again, I put up another picture in my office. It says, you know, the, the grass is greener where you water it. Like, where are we watering? Am I looking at someone else's lawn, like my neighbor's lawn? Like, oh, man, I need to go over there. Like, no, I got to worry about my own lawn, right? I got I to water my own stuff. So be where your feet are in order. I mean, we ask our players to be present in practice. Man, we got to be present in practice, right? I can't practice. I can't, I can't preach something I'm not doing, right? So I got to be where my feet are. And the next thing here is you got, you got to feel the beat. Like, I got to tell my head coach, like, hey, man, guys are banged up today. You know, we, we might need, we might need a, a 30 minute stretch session before practice or after practice. Like, that is crucial to the success of our program. I need to have conversations with our players so I get a feel and go take it to, to my head coach. Like, coach, man, we need this today. Hey, you know what? Why don't, we, why don't we do 20 minutes more of shooting just because our guys need to get their legs back underneath them? So that's what it means when I say feel the beat. You got to feel the heartbeat of the team because a head coach, they got a lot going on. Right? They might miss those things. As assistants, we can't miss it. The next thing is you got to be a gap filler. You got to find the gaps. There's gaps in every single program, right? And, and we could stay on all of these forever again. I'm just going to, I'm flying through them, but uh, you got you to gotta look for the gaps. Um, and the, the next thing here is, you know, what's the head coach's growth area? Uh, what, what do they not like to do? Whether we believe it or not, as head coaches in here, I saw 75% of us in here were head coaches. Whether uh, you guys and girls believe it or not, you have growth opportunities as well too. Right? There's places, you got blind spots. There's places that you don't know, hey, maybe I'm not great at this thing. So I got to realize what does my head coach not like to do? And you know what I got to go do? That thing. And I got to be okay with that. Right? But in order for me to go do that thing which they don't like to do, I would say the first thing I need to do, if I'm an assistant in here, I'd write this down. I need to go up to my head coach and ask them, hey coach, what do you hate doing or what do you not like to do? 
and he says that, okay, okay, nice, really good. All right, study hall, perfect, boom. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to go do study hall with our players. That's a value add to the program. Um, the next thing you hear this a lot, like don't be a yes man, right? Yes man or yes woman, like who are you? Earlier in my career, I just got done playing. I jumped in to, to being a coach for the same guy I just played for, and I was probably the best yes man there was in the country. Coach would come up with some crazy ideas. Ooh, that's a nice idea. I like that. We go out there, it doesn't work. That sucked. I'm like, yeah, that did suck. Yeah, no good. I was the best at it. But as I've grown in my skill set and who I have been, who I've become as a basketball coach, like I've moved away from this. Like my coach, my coach needs someone to tell him the truth, right? With love and grace. But he needs me to say like, uh, I don't co-sign. I don't think that's a good idea, right? And we'll talk about how we leave. Um, meetings and things here in a moment, but I can't be a yes man. The next thing is I got to always expect to do more than my share. If I only do the bare, bare minimum, I'm not a very good assistant coach. I got to expect to do more than my share. Next is player developers. I got I to gotta love and care about player development. You know, I actually heard Bob Ritchie who's going to be speaking tomorrow. I heard him at a clinic a couple weekends ago and he just challenged everybody. He's like, have we gotten so far away as a society and as basketball coaches that we've just given up on player development? everyone's wanting that next best thing. And I agree with them. Like, we got to get back to a place. Like, we have our players. We got to develop our players. All right, so as an assistant coach, we need to take player development off our coaches' hands. And I got to grow in this area as well myself. The next thing after you care about it, you got to strive to master it. You know, and I saw on the list here tomorrow, there's going to be some speakers talking about player development as well. All right, th that's a great opportunity to learn and grow. Uh, but more importantly, what we do, I believe we do a really good job in our program is, you know, people development. Are we just concerned with how they perform on the court or are we concerned about who they are as people as well? I firmly believe this. The better people we develop, I think the better players we're developing as well. I think those two things are a perfect marriage within themselves. Next, you got to be energy givers, right? Three C's. I like to say, you got to be a good communicator. You got to communicate what your coach wants you to communicate. You got to be consistent, right? You, it, you, we can't, as assistant coaches and head coaches, you can't allow your assistant coaches to have bad days, especially in practice. Hey, we're all moody, right? We all show up to the office and act one way, and maybe we're grumpy a little bit, but we can't show up that way in front of our players, right? We got to be consistent day in and day out. And the next one here, I like to be the connector, but I like to visualize a bridge, right? Where the bridge from our players to our head coach, right? We have to be that connector. We got to tell our coach what's going on. Last here is uh, problem solvers. And when I really, and this, this might be one of the best things up here for assistant coaches. I, when I transformed my mind into being uh, someone who is in, to, to become ready to be a head college basketball coach, I moved from a place of a doer, right? I was just doing a lot of things, and I still got to break this a little bit. I just did everything my coach asked me to do. I had to move from that place of he just tells me I do it to I got to view everything from the head coach's lens, right? Like, hey, what's around the corner, right? Ah, I know he's going to ask me to do this. Why not go ahead and do it before he even asks me to do it? That's viewing everything from the head coach's lens. And then the trust just goes up every single time. And I'm preparing myself for maybe someday that future gig. Um, and obviously this kind of goes in line with like uh, being a yes man or yes woman, but bring suggestions, ideas, but most importantly, bring answers. 
You know, again, early in my career, I was, I was like the best question asker in the world. Like, hey, coach, you know, I, I saw this one time. What do you think about this? Or, hey, let's try this. And when he comes back to me, oh, yeah, nice. How would it work? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm coming to you. You're the head coach. Like, we can't just bring ideas. We need answers as well. Our job is to help our head coach. And then, you know, so many times we forget this. You know, head coaches, so many times your assistants forget this. At the end of the day, how can we help you guys or girls find ways to win basketball games? That's important. Is it to watch more film? You know, is it to, uh, to go work on so-and-so's jump shot a little bit more, work on ball screen reads? But at the end of the day, like, do we just help our coaches find ways to win games? And that looks different for every single coach and staff in here. Right? But spend some time thinking about that throughout this weekend when you go back home. How can we win more basketball games and how can my assistant do that? All right, here we go. Last one, Tony, I promise I'm flying through this, all right? Five keys, if you just want to get this in your notes really quick, um, that uh, coaches can do a better job of maximizing their staff as well. The first is know your staff. Second is create clarity. Third, time managers. Fourth, give them a voice. And fifth, go the way. Give you about 10 more seconds to write that down. All right, here we go. You know, a really good mentor of mine, and some of you in here know him, uh, Sam Allen. He runs BCB Basketball. Man, Sam has been so influential in my life. He owns his own company down in, uh, down in Georgia. You know, and I talk to him a lot about different things, about coaching changes. And, you know, I just asked him, I was like, hey, what, what would you suggest talking about maximizing your staff, right? What's something that coaches can't forget? And it blew up. I didn't even think about this. But he said, you know, I think oftentimes coaches are such in a rush to hire somebody, they hire the wrong person. And then it's a mess. You know, he said, you got to hire the right staff. And I take that for granted. Right? Now, some of us are, ooh, we're such an art. you got to hire the right person. Otherwise, you'll be backtracking the rest of your time together. But I know some of you, you might be like, well, man, this is the hand that I've been dealt. Like, i got to work with this person. Well, then it's on you to develop that person. Right? Hire the right person, develop that person. Uh, this, is a, this is a little plug here for my guy, uh, Neil, over here. But uh, we did this as a basketball team a couple years ago. Uh, we did a personality profile. He's going to talk later about it, but the DISC assessment. You know, talking about you know, who we are as people. My head coach is as bad of a D as you can get. I mean, he's just a driver. You know, he's going, going, going. I'm about as much of an I as you can get. And so everything that he's really good at, well, I'm not that great at, right? And, and everything he's not so great at, man, I'm knocking that thing out of the ballpark. So we are like, we're perfect for each other. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go to a personality profile, but you do need to figure out, hey, what makes my assistant tick? What makes my staff go? And how can I get them in line with what they do really well, grow them in what they don't do well, and maybe keep them out of those gray areas as well? Um, so what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses, and how can you get them um, to star in their role? Next is um, create, uh, create clarity. Uh, you have to gain alignment in all aspects. Here's what I know from sitting in a lot of coaches' meetings in the head coach's office. Head coaches, you're throwing a lot of things at your assistant coaches. Right? You're throwing a ton of things at your assistant coaches. Gain alignment. Right? What, does, what does a win look like for roles? 
right? For my roles, I know a win looks like I'm working out every single player in our program, let's just say two times a week. That's a win. So at the end of the week, I know I've worked with, I've worked with KJ, I've worked with Jasper two times this week individually outside of practice. Did I win the week? Did I lose the week? Ah, I only worked out with them once. That's a loss. I didn't win. So we have to define roles for our staff to say, did you win or did you not win? Was the scout done two days ahead of time like it's supposed to be? Was it not done two days ahead of time? Right? You have to define what's a win and what's a loss. The third thing, and this is, I could go on and on. I could talk about this one just for an hour about the importance of giving this to your players, but you have to give the why behind the what. If you want your players and your staff to do things with confidence, to earn more of your trust, they have to know why they're doing it. We have to know why we're doing things. If you're just saying, I do it because I asked you to do it, we don't have a ton of confidence in it. We're not going to go do it to the best of our abilities. We need to understand the why behind the what. Uh, next, be a time manager. Keep the main thing the main thing. Right, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Keep the main thing the main thing. Another reason that you need to be a time manager is respect other people's time. Right? If, if uh, you as a head coach, you got to know as assistants, we are basically on your time. And so if you're constantly pulling your assistants in and out and in and out, like there, 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 there might come a time where they're just like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. Or they're they're going to get exhausted, right? They're going to get annoyed. And so you need to make sure if you set times, um, be, be, on, be on those times. And the third thing here is I would say be ruthless. If you tell them, hey, here's a two-hour break for you to get things done, you need to get done, be ruthless with that two hours, meaning don't creep into those two hours. Right? But if you tell them, I'm having you for an hour to go over staff meeting, be ruthless in that hour. Start on time, end on time. Because the more things flow really early or really late, you're going to lose your staff. Right? So that's another opportunity to maximize your staff. Next is give them a voice. You need to empower your staff for a sense of ownership. If your staff doesn't believe, I, have any, I don't have any ownership of anything, they're not going to do the best they can with what they have. They need a sense of ownership. And I love this. You know, a good friend of mine too, Adam Bradley, started the Hardwood Hustle. He used to say this all the time on the Hardwood Hustle podcast. You know, celebrate that thing that which you want repeated. You know, celebrate what you want repeated. I get it. As head coaches, as assistant coaches, we are, we are just primed and focused on what are we not doing good and how can I fix it. But if you want things done to an even better degree, if you see an assistant, you see a manager, you see a player, they do something that you really want the team to continue to do, stop it and celebrate it because they're more likely to continue to do that thing with positive reinforcement. The next is make them better. Once you give them a voice, coach them up. One of the best things I ever had in my career is coach let me lead film sessions. He'd watch all my player development stuff. Now I've gotten to the point I don't care. Right, but the first year out, second year out, I know, oh man, Coach Rosine's washing me. Right, I'm over there like, this is the worst drill in the world. I thought it looked great because I got 20 balls going at one time. It was a horrible drill. We go up into the office, he's like, hey, you know, good effort, but maybe tone down the balls or don't do this. And so I was like, okay, got it. So I got better from it. Now I'm a completely different player developer than I was eight years ago. Make him better. Coach him up. Last thing I want to say here is go the way. You know, John C. Maxwell has this quote. He says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Say it again. A leader is one who knows the way, 
goes the way and shows the way. And right up underneath it. Don't expect others to do things you won't do. Right? Don't ask your staff to do things that you won't ever do. Staffs notice that. Your assistants notice that. Your managers notice that. Oh man, this guy, he just, or this girl, they just asked me to do everything they don't want to do. Right? If you're not willing to do it, why make your staff do those things as well? And this is an extremely, uh, an, an extremely important one here. It's the last one I'm going to share and talk about. It's, it's this. Be vulnerable. Right? The more vulnerable you are in front of your staff to let them know, hey, you know, guys, girls, like, I'm not perfect. I don't have this thing together. I'm figuring this thing out with you. Then the, the, the staff and the cohesion of your group is going to come together a lot better than if it was, hey, whatever I say is right, do it, I'm never wrong, this, this, this. Like, your, your staff wants to work together. More importantly, staffs want to grow together. And you can't grow together without being vulnerable um, with one another. So think about just some of those things as you go back and as you're learning how to maximize your staff. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.